0: What a great, what a great morning it is. Uh, I gotta admit, last night when I went to bed and kept looking at the AccuWeather update and they said three to six centimeters. And when I woke up this morning and went, every time they're wrong, it's like 12, 15 centimeters at my house. This morning shoveling at six in the morning wasn't the most joyful that I've been this week. Um, but God knows what's best. Uh, we're in this series talking about values, what Jesus values and how we need to value the same things that he does. We talked about integrity last week. Uh, this week we're going to talk about perseverance. I, I, I want to talk to those of you today who feel like quitting. Maybe you feel like throwing in the towel. It could be in your life, it could be in your marriage, it could be in your relationships. You've tried, you've tried, you've tried, and you don't feel like there's any way to get it back to the place where it should be. It it might feel like you're quitting on a dream. You thought one day that you could, and you would, and now you think there's no way. Maybe it's on ministry, that you felt like God wanted you to do, but no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't come through. It could be on your kids. You certainly don't want to throw them away, but you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you just don't see any way that they're going to come back to a relationship with Jesus and live in a way that's honorable to him. It might be an addiction that you're trying to overcome and you've prayed and you've fought and you've been dedicated and you've rededicated your life and you've tried and tried and tried again, but you can't seem to put it behind you. It could be your prayer that someone else would come to faith in Jesus and the harder that you pray the further that they seem to get from God. Some of you, it just may be your life. You've done everything that you could just to hang in there. And it feels like life's too much. The good thing is this message is for those of you who've tried, who've prayed, who've believed, who feel like you've got nothing left. It's my prayer for you, and if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Don't worry if you don't, it'll be on the screen behind me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Don't throw away your confidence, it'll be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, You will receive what God has promised. Verse 37 goes on to say, For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So our value, our virtue for the day is perseverance. You and I need to persevere. We need to keep going. We need to keep trusting. We need to keep believing. We need to keep hanging in there. We need to persevere, just like Hebrews said, so that when we've done the will of God, we'll receive what He has promised. I want to share good news to those of you who know that God has more for you and you're tired of settling for less. This week, as I was preparing, uh, there's someone who studied at Harvard. Her name is Angela Duckworth. She studied not only at Harvard, she also studied at Oxford. And she went and did some research, and her research is very interesting. She asked the question, why do successful people actually succeed? So her team went and they researched three different categories to find out why people succeeded. They went first to a famous military academy in the States, then they went to some challenging schools, and then they went and studied world-class spelling bee champions. Very interesting. <laughs> they, they wanted to find out of those cadets who went to mili- military school, which ones succeeded and which ones dropped out and why. Then she went to inner city schools and wanted to find out what teachers were successful and went the distance and which ones caved in and quit before the end of the semester. And then she went to look at fifth grade brilliant little kids to find out why they were equally talented. Why would some rise to the top in grade five and why would some cave under the pressure? She kept coming back to her research on why are some people successful and others aren't. And what her team discovered was, and it wasn't what they first expected, it had nothing to do with IQ, intelligent quotient, but instead with something she called AQ, adversity quotient. It wasn't just how smart they were but it was if they could actually overcome. Not IQ, but AQ. And Angela followed up her research by writing a really helpful book. I'd actually encourage you to to grab it. It's called Grit. The Power of Passion and Perseverance. In the book, she has a quote that I like. She said this, What is grit? Grit is passion and perseverance for long-term goals. What that means is I'm excited about it, but it's not just passion, it's perseverance. And it's not just perseverance for a short season, but it's perseverance for the long haul. We're not talking about perseverance just for a semester or just for a few weeks. We're talking about raising a child with special needs where we're committed for the long haul. Where we're talking about serving Jesus when you have a chronic illness. When we're talking about just showing up because it's easier to walk away. We're talking about the virtue or the value of perseverance. So today I I want to show you a a pretty powerful story from the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 is really interesting because it's the sixth book of the Bible, and we're actually going to look at the sixth chapter of the book. God had promised his people Jericho, but they had yet to take hold of that promise. So Joshua 6, God had promised Jericho. They hadn't got there yet. Here's what it says in verse 1. Always use your imagination. Now the gates... Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Verse 2, then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and along with all the fighting men. You just don't have it yet. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in the front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Verse 5, when you hear the sound, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone will walk straight in it. So here's the million-dollar question. Why do we give up when God has promised so much? Why do we find it hard to keep going and often lose our trust in the promises of God? On your screen, I'm going to show you two things today, two really simple things. I always think that our perspective or Matt's perspective is always limited. I'm always short-sighted. And the second thing, I always think that my progress isn't obvious. So let's delve into that first one. Why do we give up on God so quickly? Because our perspective is often limited. The interesting thing is Jericho wasn't a very big city. In fact, you could march around that city in about an hour or so. So the problem was not that the city was huge. The problem was that the walls were so high. If you could imagine the Israelites being so close to the promise. Now remember, God promised it how many years ago? Forty years for them. It's just on the other side of the walls. But here's the Israelites looking at the walls and going, they're so high. The promise seems so impossible. Maybe some of you can relate. There are those of you like, man, I know what I want, Matt. I've got this dream. I've got this vision. I've got a place that I want to be. I know what I want to have. But all I can see in my life, Matt, is obstacles. All I can see is problems. Matt, all I can see is walls. I know this is where God wants me to be. In fact, I believe this is where God wants me to de- be. But all I can see is what's keeping me from the promise. Maybe for you, it's, it's like you want to get out of debt. And you got a vision to get out of debt. And you believe that you're going to get out of debt. And you're working so hard to be debt free. And the moment that you work toward that, things break in your house and you start to see the walls again. You think we're going to be a family that honors Jesus until you go to church on Sunday morning. And suddenly there's arguments in the house. Everybody's running late. You're thinking of words to describe your family that aren't Christ-like. That didn't go well. We're not serving Jesus, are we? Maybe you're going to try to mend a broken relationship. A relationship that has been fractured. And so you decide to take them out for supper. And suddenly at Swiss Chalet, there starts to be a shouting match in the middle of it. You had great intentions. Suddenly Swiss Chalet security shows up. The problem is, That you and I have a very limited perspective. Here's what's interesting. If you look back at your scripture, at your Bible, in Joshua chapter six, verse one, it described Jericho as this. Jericho was securely barred. Locked down. Jericho was severely stuck. Remember that it said, no one can go in and no one can come out. But in verse 2, God then declares this, I have given you Jericho. Verse 1 says, you can't go in. And verse 2, God says, I've already given it to you. Why did God do that? Because God is the only one who can speak into the past tense before there's a present reality. In other words, he's the only one who can tell you what is when what is has yet to happen. I wonder if some of you might be in a situation like that in your own life, where what God says about you is different than what you see about you. What he says about you is different than what you even feel right now. In other words, God might say that you're healed and yet you still feel broken. God might say you're blessed, but you feel like he's forgotten you. God might say you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony, but you feel like you're overcome every single day. Life is too much. Why is that? Because your and my perspective is often very, very, very limited. It's like the Israelites, you notice they didn't know the end of the story. God told Joshua, but Joshua didn't tell the Israelites. He just said, "Let's go and march around the walls. Get up on Monday, march on Monday. Get up on Tuesday, march on Tuesday. Get up on Wednesday, march on Wednesday." On the 7th day when they went 7 times around the walls came tumbling down. Friends, this wasn't like a 7-day hike in the mountains. This was more than 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Wondering, where are you, God? We're ready. You've promised it, and you haven't given it to us. We believe you will. We're soaring back up, and we're hanging in there. We don't want to give up. We don't see it, but we're soaring back up. We're still believing. See, so often when we look at others... We see their success, and we see the victory lap that they're taking, but we don't know the price that they paid, and we don't know the pain that they endured. We don't know the story behind the story before the story even happens. No one told us the private battles, the personal sacrifices of someone who continues to believe God even when they don't see the promise. It's perseverance. It's the price. It's that private cost. Why do we give up? We give up because our perspective is also often limited. Here's that second point that I want to bring out from Joshua chapter six. We give up because our progress isn't always obvious. Our progress isn't always obvious. Look back at your Bibles. Joshua chapter six. Look at verse 10. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. Verse 11, So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Look down at verse 14. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Friends, let me use some language that normally is not used in church. This was a really stupid assignment. Can you imagine their frustration? You're not just doing something that seems pointless, like walking around this city tooting some horns. This was decades 40 years of waiting, decades of trusting. These men are warriors. They've been trained for battle. They're ready for war. And all they got to do every day was a morning stroll, a stroll walk around the block. How embarrassing that would be. They walked around one day, then they walked around the next. They didn't see anything, They didn't have step counters on their watches. There was no progress. There was no evidence that the wall was starting to crack. Friends, you can fight for your marriage as long as you believe there's hope. You can keep paying down your debt as long as you believe one day you could actually pay something off. If you believe, if you see progress, you can always endure the pain. But they're walking around the wall. They're not seeing any progress. And what does Joshua say in verse 10 and 11? Hey guys, you're not even allowed to talk. Don't raise your voices. Don't say a word. Why do you think Joshua kept them from talking? This is madology. Don't put it in your notes. I can't be sure. But maybe it's because Joshua knows that sometimes our mouth can be our worst enemy. Can you imagine if these guys were allowed to talk? This is stupid. Joshua has lost his mind. Are we going to do this every day? I am not doing this tomorrow. This is stupid. Forty years you've been serving God and nothing's happening. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing, but my feet are hurting. This is stupid. I came out here to fight. I'm not doing this stuff. I don't know if you're ever going to do this, but this is the dumbest thing we've ever seen. Where's God? If He hadn't come through for us now, He's not coming through at all. Things are bad. Things are going to get worse. Maybe the thing you need to learn this morning is sometimes we just need to tell ourselves to keep our mouth shut and keep doing what God asked us to do. Sometimes we just need to preach to ourselves close my mouth, keep on marching. Close my mouth, keep on trusting. Close my mouth, keep on praying. Close my mouth, keep on loving someone who's unlovable. Close my mouth, keep on forgiving. Close my mouth and show back up when everyone else runs off. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself and say, flesh, I don't believe you. I'm choosing faith circumstance. I don't believe you right now. I'm choosing God. I'm walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. I'm I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. I'm not listening to my feelings. I'm trusting God. Here's what's interesting. If you note this, God told Joshua the process would take seven days, but Joshua didn't tell the people. Like for all they know, they're just a great marching band. Here we go again. You and I know this. It's frustrating when we see no end in sight. When you're doing the right thing and it doesn't seem to make a difference, it's so much easier to honor God. It's so much easier to do what's right. It's so much easier to stay the course when you feel like it's working and when it pays off. You could stay pure in your singleness if you knew God was sending someone down the road for you yeah, God, I'll serve you. Just send the right man. You could deal with your spouse's depression if you knew God could heal the depression by Christmas or a certain date. In other words, you can take the pain when you know God is still working. There's a payoff. Where is God in times like this? Where is God when you don't see him? Maybe God's just building their faith. Maybe He's teaching them to depend on Him. Even when they don't see the results, He's building their faith. You're going to see a a quote come up on the screen. What I've discovered is this, that God often does something in you before He does something for you. God often does something in you before He does something for you. Friends, it's marching around the walls and not seeing the walls come down. You've been trusting God. You've been praying. You've been believing. You're still not seeing the promise. And I want to tell you, you may be closer than you think. I'm reminded of a woman, Florence Chadwick, the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. An incredible accomplishment. In 1952, Chadwick decided to attempt a 26 mile swim between the California coastline and the Catalina Island. And 15 hours into this grinding swim, a very heavy fog settled in, and she lost her bearing. She couldn't see. She was confused, exhausted, discouraged. She wanted to get in the boat. And they kept saying to her, keep swimming, keep swimming, keep swimming. And finally, she couldn't take it anymore. She threw in the towel, and she quit. And it wasn't until she got in the boat and could hear everybody there that she realized that the shore was less than half a mile away i don't know who this is for but you may be closer than you think our key text was all about the need to persevere listen to what hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of god you will receive what he has promised Maybe you're saying I'm coming back and I'm going to believe like that persistent widow in Luke chapter 18. Man, I've done a lap around the, the walls and I'm still praying and I'm doing another lap and I don't see a thing and I'm still praying. God, I'm trying to hang on. I'm like Habakkuk. Where are you, God? Don't you hear my cry? Why do you let the innocent suffer? I don't understand, God. I don't see you. I'm running around the third lap. I'm continuing to go. God, I don't see anything. All I see is walls. All I see is obstacles. God, I don't feel you. I don't feel like I've heard from you. And I'm on lap four, and I'm continuing to trust God, and now I'm discouraged. Now I'm wondering, do I need to quit? Do I have it wrong? Is God really here? I'm continuing to trust him and I don't feel like it right now. And now I'm kind of ticked off. I don't even know if he's real at this point, but somehow I get back up and I go around and I keep on going at one point. Before I know it, I'm actually on lap number six. And I may be one lap away from the promise and you may be way closer than you think. And that's why I came to tell someone, don't quit on lap six. Don't quit on six or quit on five or quit on four or quit on three or two or one. Don't stop believing for your children. Don't walk away from your ministry. Don't abandon the church. Don't abandon God. Don't quit on six. You may be so close. You can throw, you can sense that you want to throw in the towel. But pick up that towel again. Wipe off the sweat off your brow Keep on walking and keep on trusting. Tell your feelings to be quiet because you don't follow your feelings because you have faith. You may be closer than you think. Whenever you feel like you're ready to quit, just remember why you started. I love what Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. He said this, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't let us go weary in the march don't let us go weary in the faith don't let us go weary in praying and believing and trusting and hanging on when everyone else lets go and we just keep on trusting god we keep walking by faith and not by sight don't grow weary in doing good what does it say for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up don't quit on six so what do we do a true virtue. A virtue that Jesus talks about is perseverance. See, the devil wants us to throw in the towel. Jesus took that towel and he washed some feet. You can take your towel, wipe off sweat. You can serve some people. You can stay in the game and a promise is true. God's word is always true. You will reap a harvest, but don't give up. Let's pray. Father, we pray today in the name that is above every name that those who feel ready to quit, that by your power and your spirit, you would keep us running. That you'd keep us running the race with our eyes focused on Jesus, doing what you've called us to do. We love and adore you. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guide, and leads. We love you. In your name, amen. (laughs)